Welcome back, everyone, to the PFM Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lewis, joined by fantasy and betting analysts Kyle Sapi and Jason Katz. All three of us on this podcast have our favorite teams in the playoffs, but I'm probably the one of the least confidence in my team, any of the three of us by far, which is not a development we saw a few weeks ago. More on that later. But let's dive right into the wildcard slate, guys. First matchup, if, you were, if someone told you the playoff field before the season – this one would have to be the most surprising. Not only the Houston Texans hosting a playoff game, but they're going against the Cleveland Browns, and you would think, oh, Deshaun Watson, a revenge yeah. game against the, against the Texans. That's a great first matchup. It's Joe Flacco. And Flacco playing the best ball since he won this, probably since he won a Super Bowl in Baltimore. Browns are two-point road favorites at ESPN Bet. It's gotten up to two and a half some other spots. Actually, has been at two and a half some other spots. Drop it to ESPN Bet. Total 44 and a half. I'll give my play after you guys, but start with you, Kyle. What are you leaning towards in this game? Give me the Browns. Come on. I mean, Joe Flacco's only been the most underrated quarterback for all of eternity. He's 6-0 ATS in playoff openers. I don't see why that changes. We saw him play for Cleveland. Five starts. He was balling, and then he gets a week off. So you get an old man. Get him some rest. You're playing indoors at Houston. No weather concerns here. You got a vulnerable... Texans secondary that can be had at times here. Joe Flacco is just going to keep keep overachieving. The books continue to not give him enough credit with this number under three. I've got the Browns minus the number. Yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with backing uh, January Joe Flacco <laughs> in the playoffs, especially against um, on the road. It's his thing. <laughs> yeah, start, especially starting, especially with the team starting a rookie quarterback and as a rookie head coach, the trends certainly aren't in the favor there. Um, Cats, before we get to my pick, um, what, are you, what are your first early leads with this game? I'm with Sapi on, on this one. It's funny. I was actually looking back at, at quarterbacks, typically rookie quarterbacks, who end up making their uh, first career playoff start, maybe their first or second year. It typically doesn't go well. Joe Flacco, though, did win his first career playoff start, although he didn't really do much in, in that uh, 27-9 victory over the Dolphins way back in 2009. But it, we think about some recent quarterbacks who – had great regular seasons and went into their first playoff start, like Lamar Jackson, like guys like Justin Herbert. It just it just doesn't go well. And as great as C.J. Stroud has been, and I think C.J. Stroud is going to be in the playoffs a lot. I think he's going to win a lot mm-hmm. of playoff games. He is the next best quarterback that we're going to see in this league, top five guy the next decade. C.J. Stroud is that dude. This is his first career playoff start as a rookie, and I just think that this really, really strong Browns defense that make things really difficult for him. It'll be a nice learning experience. We we'll back next year. He'll be better. But I do think the Texans are going to lose this game. Uh, and CJ Stroud's first career playoff start. Yeah, some stats from Evan Abrams at Action Network kind of back up your guys' um, thinking here. Since 1990, rookie quarterbacks are 11-18 straight up in the playoffs, including 4-11 straight up over the last decade. And in the wildcard round in the last 20 years, 5-7-1 ATS. And CJ Stroud be the fourth rookie quarterback to face number one defense in the playoffs. Those previous three quarterbacks went 0-3 straight up. So when I first saw the lines posted for this game, my first read was actually to take the Texans just because they've been really good to me this year, especially at home. The Browns kind of team want to fade on the road. But then I just got a little – these trends with the rookie quarterbacks and first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs kind of scare me off. Texans have some injuries on defense right now. Both their top pass rushers are banged up. So I'm looking at the over here at 44-and-a-half. As good as the Browns' defense is, do you know that they tied with the Broncos for the most points allowed per game on the road this season? Huh. No, I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> and in those road games, 
over eight and zero. And then the yeah. other side for the Texans, Stroud has been a much better quarterback at home on the at road home, this season. Yeah. If you guys have been involved in my, the player props articles all season long and my picks, I pretty much are taking Stroud overs at home the entire season, averaging 300 yards, more than 300 yards per game at home. And I think it'd be a lot of points in this one, both sides of the ball. We saw Mari Cooper cook um, the Texans last time they played each other a few weeks ago. I don't, what do you go for, like over 250 yards or something? 265, franchise record. Gee, so... That's where I'm leaning with this one. I really like the over here. I want it. My heart wants to take the Texans, but the stats we just talked about, your guys' analysis really played yeah. a factor here why I just can't ride with them. Now, let's get into the next game. I think Beerman is absent this podcast because I want to have a bet <laughs> against his Miami Dolphins. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorites at Arrowhead. Mahomes only lost twice at home in his career in the playoffs. One against Joe Burrow, they're against Tom Brady. Two with Tagvaloa making his first career playoff start has struggled against good teams this year, especially on the road. Cats will start with you. Where are you leaning towards in this game? I went back and forth on this one. My initial thought is let's just stick with what we've seen. And what we've seen is the chiefs are not the same Kansas city chiefs dominant team that we have seen during Patrick Mahomes' entire tenure since taking over a starting quarterback. And my lean there was, okay, the dolphins, they're the better team overall. Yes. Mahomes, best quarterback they ever play yes i stick i'm sticking with that but the dolphins have the better overall roster but the dolphins are so bagged up on defense they've yeah. lost so many players Jalen wall is not 100 percent on offense he most is not 100 percent. tyreek hill is not 100 percent. and you think man it's patrick mahomes i know this is very narrow driven analysis here but like that's kind of what i'm going with here is it's patrick mahomes and i keep going so then i was back on the chief side but where i settled in right now is I just think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think that this is just oh. not the Chiefs' year. Yep, I'm back to the Dolphins. Not the Chiefs' year. Uh, Dolphins, again, better team, better roster, and they're, they're coming off these two, two, I think two losses in a row to close out the season to lose the division. I think they're going to get a big bounce-back performance. I think Mike McDaniel is going to have them motivated and ready to go. And I feel, I feel like Mahomes all year kind of knows that this team isn't as good as the teams that he's had. And gets kind of seeping in a little bit. He's trying to do a little too much. I think we're going to see that in the first playoff game where the Dolphins are just able to overwhelm the Chiefs offensively, and the Chiefs, just their receivers are not good enough to keep up. And unless we get a vintage a Travis Kelsey wake-up performance here, I think the Dolphins are going to take this one. You know what? You mentioned that the Dolphins are a better team than the Chiefs, even with the injuries. And looking at their um, three games that end the season, beat the Cowboys, lost to the Ravens, got destroyed by the Ravens, then lost a close one to the Bills. Those three teams, in my opinion, are definitely better than this t- Chiefs team in 2020, mm-hmm. well, 2024 now. And but at the same time, Bills are just so banged. I mean, not Bills, the Dolphins are so banged up on both sides of the ball. I think the spread is a little too high, though, four and a half. So that's why I've gone the under here. I just don't really trust this Dolphins offense if like all things aren't clicking, if they're playing from behind. And this Chiefs offense have been waiting for just to come back and return to explosive ways, but we haven't seen it all season long. And I think this would be a tough matchup defensively for Tua in this one. It really has improved himself to, to really excel in these matchups against good defenses on the road. Um, but Kyle, what are your thoughts on this matchup and any um, picks for you? Yeah, you mentioned the Patrick Mahomes narrative, and I'm just going to play what we've always seen, and that's a slow start and a fast finish from the Chiefs here in their nine games against objectively average or above average quarterbacks. Like I get that there's some gray area there. I'm going to draw the line basically at Jordan Love. And Jared Goff, that type. Nine games against quarterbacks like that or better. Chiefs are dead even in the first quarter. 
They haven't outscored anybody. They're dead even, and then they're plus 51 in the other three quarters. So I'm going to say the Dolphins plus the half a point, so I get through the tie there in the first quarter, and then I'll take the Chiefs' money line. I'll say they come back and win because that's what Patrick Mahomes does this time of year. You can't fool me. He keeps doing it. You put those two together, you get plus 210. I'll I'll take that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm kind of surprised that we're all – you would think going in that we would all just pick the Chiefs. It just seems so obvious. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid at home against the Dolphins team yeah. <laughs> that has struggled against really good teams, a quarterback that struggles against top competition. But spreads has gone up so much. I'm pretty sure it opened at three or even slightly below three, and now it's up to four and a half. That's just not a number interested in playing now, and there's basically no value on the Chiefs. Move on to the next game. This is probably the biggest dud of the weekend. The Steelers yep. without TJ Watt starting Mason Rudolph against the Bills. I don't really have any huge thoughts on this game. The Bills are one of those teams where they, like, they're like they really Jekyll and Hyde in these type of matchups. They either just blow out inferior competition or they make it much closer than it should be. I don't really have any thoughts for this game or anything I feel really strongly about. Just I know I'm not laying either team on the spread. But um, Kyle, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this game? Anything really come to mind for you? We'll see it as weather comes into play here because laying a big number with a total that's dipping is a little scary here. But all the numbers point to the Bills covering this if they can get there since Joe Brady took over. You're talking about 27 points a game. That means to cover this number, you'd have to like the Steelers to get to at least 18. I don't feel great about that. They're averaging under 17 points per game when facing playoff teams this season. Yeah, the Mason Rudolph story has been great over the final month here. I don't think it's lasting. I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. If George Pickens isn't dancing from like 75 yards out, they got big problems. I don't think they get to 18 points. Give me the bills. I'll lay the number. Well, if you're making 18 points, the sports books agree with you because their team total is at 12 and a half. Yeah, no with way. Heavy juice on the under. It's funny. You mentioned the total and we're writing up our early picks piece as the odds came out Sunday night. I had the under for this game and then it dropped like five points. <laughs> Like I had it when it was in the yeah. 40s. I was ready to submit it, and then I looked at the odds. Like, wait, this number's long gone. That was really fast. I'm just not a buy. Like, it's been a nice story, Mason Rudolph. He's just, like, not the worst quarterback on the Steelers. He's just, like, he's better than um, Pickett and Trubisky. But there's going to be so overwhelming this matchup, at least from an offensive standpoint. No TJ Watts, a huge bummer, too. But at the yeah. same time, we see the Bills really shoot themselves in the foot way more than they need to sometimes. Close games against bad teams this year, such as the Patriots, the Giants, and so forth. But Cats, what are you leaning towards this game? Any big bets on your end? The way I'm approaching this game is I got a couple of things. I got a couple of props in here, and I got a couple of long shots. So I'll start with the uh, the reasonable ones that are that I think are actually going to win. And uh, I like Stefan Diggs' longest reception under 22.5 yards. I got that at minus 115 at Bet Rivers, but of course, Bet Rivers limited, limits me, so I had to put the rest of my bet in at 21.5 minus 115 on DraftKings, which is perfectly fine. Last week, I I, I regret not taking the Diggs overs because I felt like the Bills were going to feature Diggs more last week after openly acknowledging not using him. But still, Diggs is not being used downfield the way he was previously in his career. On the season, Diggs has just 10 catches of 20-plus yards. But here's the kicker. Not one of them has occurred since the calendar hit December, which includes last week. This is a game with a low projected point total, bad weather, and think that even if they do pepper Diggs with targets, this could be a game where he even catches eight, nine balls for what? Like 60 yards. So I just don't see a lot of downfield throwing in this one. I was surprised to see that his long reception number was this high. If we lose it, it'll probably be on like a curl that he breaks tackle and takes it with yards after yeah. the catch. It is what it is. Second one that I like, 
Josh Allen, anytime touchdown. Uh, Josh Allen has scored a touchdown, I believe, in I think 12 out of 17 games this year. Yeah, so I got burned on this last week, but now the number is very low. Right, and I since the first two games of the season, he did not score in the first two games. Since then, he has not gone back-to-back games without rushing in a touchdown. When they get inside the five-yard line, they call Josh Allen's number. And I do think that there was maybe a little bit of tendency during the season to be like, okay, you know, let's try to protect Josh a little bit, even though he still rushed for as many touchdowns as he did. But in the playoffs, it's it's the gloves are off, okay? you got to win the game. There's no protecting for next week. There's no shielding him. I think he's going to run more. I think we're going to see him run for a touchdown. Now, those are the two that I think are going to win. For some really, really out there long shots, I got two for you. We believe the weather is going to be bad, right? We think it's mm-hmm. going to be terrible, always wins. What if it's not? What if the storm moves a little bit away and they can air it out a little more? Bills, 10-point favorites. That means negative game script for the Steelers. I mean, you can get Mason Rudolph, or I got Mason Rudolph, to lead the wild card round in passing yards at plus 17,000. Now, it's <laughs> probably not – it's almost definitely not going to happen. Plus 17,000, I mean, you put, you put $1 down, put just $1 down. What if he just throws the ball 40 times because they're trailing and trying to come back? It's the playoffs. You got nothing to lose. And on the same on the same notion, you mentioned earlier, how does Seals win this game? George Pickens bust boots at 75 yards, right? <laughs> what if he does it twice? We've seen it, we've seen it happen before. He is plus 11,000 to lead the wild card route in receiving. Let me give you some names that he is behind, okay? Here's something outrageous for you. Julio Jones's odds to lead the wild card route in receiving yards are plus five thousand. Would you bet that at plus fifty thousand? Julio Jones, there's no way. No. But we can get pickets at plus eleven thousand. He might turn one of those bubble screens into positive yardage. He might one day. <laughs> Is he gonna get fifty yards? I, I would bet him. I would bet him to not get fifty yards in the entire playoffs before I bet him to lead anything in receiving I would yards. Agree. <laughs> Pickens at plus 11,000 is just is just far too high of a line. Yes, it's probably not going to win. It's almost definitely not going to win. But he sprinkled down a dollar, two dollars. Pickens busts us. He, he can't bust a slant for, for 80 yards twice in a game. We've seen him do it already. I think it's I think it's worth a sprinkle. You mentioned that Rudolph could connect with Pickens on like two long touchdowns. His over under is 157 and a half passing yards. Rudolph had would get there. <laughs> yeah, though, but like those two right there, he might have like 10 other passing yards for the rest of the game. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't hate It's a nice long shot play considering kind of fading the weather reports. And a lot of times you see this that like the weather is one thing earlier in the week, but then with any weather forecast, like how much do you really know this far out? And then you get there on uh, Sunday for this game, and like this looks like completely normal to me. Um, so Kyle, I don't think you have any plus 11,000 or plus 17,000 long shots, but um, do you have any picks for this one? Yeah, nothing in my bag quite as exciting as that, but yeah, I'm going to, I'll, yeah, I, I can't live with that. I'm going to take, <laughs> I told you I'll take the Bills. If the Bills are in that positive script, then they're leading. I'm a little fearsome of the backdoor cover, but in a low total game, I don't think the Patriots, or I don't think the Steelers get to their point total. And if they do, I still think the Bills can cover. Moving on to a game that actually could be intriguing. It's actually Katz's team versus Soppy's team in this one. You guys had a lot of playoff battles over the years, but now you have a new quarterback in this playoff rivalry, for lack of a better word, Jordan Love. The spread actually opened this one at Cowboys minus seven, went up slightly to seven and a half, and now there's juice on the Packers getting the hook with the with the touchdown here. This is a really tricky matchup because the Packers have been really good in the second half of the season. Jordan Love has really come along. But the Cowboys are so dominant at home, going yeah. undefeated at home this season. 
averaging 37 points per game at home. Me personally, I don't trust this Packers defense going up against the Cowboys juggernaut offense at home. I mean, this is the Packers defense that's so bad schematically that they allow the Panthers put up 30 points on them, and then they just get shut out the next week. I don't know if I want to lay the number of the Cowboys, but definitely interested in the team total over at 30 and a half. We'll start with you, Kyle. Uh, are you riding with your team in this one? And uh, what other picks do you like? Yeah, I think the back door could be open. Honestly, I think the Cowboys are way better and very capable of beating the brakes off my Packers. I would love for that not to be the case. And I'll come on here next week and say, I told you so if Green Bay wins, even though I didn't, I'd just be a happy Packer fan. I'll have the cheese head in the corner here. We'll be, we'll be cooking, but I don't expect that to happen. I've got the same game parlay. It's Dallas focused. It's plus 390, so check over to the website the day of the game, and we'll get you set up there. But, yeah, I'll pick Green Bay to cover, partly because I'm loyal to them, partly because I've seen Jordan Love do this backdoor thing where they're down 20 the whole game and end up losing by 7, and I get the hook. But I don't feel good about this. Dallas is the play for me. If if you're going money line, if you're going same-game parlays, I'm going one pick against the spread. It's Green Bay, but without the hook, I definitely don't take it. So we were talking about earlier for the Browns-Texans game that like rookie quarterbacks tend to struggle in their first playoff start. That also is the case for non-rookie quarterbacks but first-time starters in the sure. postseason. And Jordan Love falls in that category, along with Mason Rudolph, who talked about last game, and Tua Tagovailoa, who we talked about two games ago. But quarterbacks making their first career start in the postseason since 2003, according to ESPN, 21-38 in 38 ATS. Yeesh. Not great. No. Cats. Are you riding with your team in this one? If not, what else? What, what, what plays do you like in this matchup? Yeah, piggybacking off that, it's tough because it's a, it's a tale of two halves for the Packers. They have had some really, really, uh, dare I say, unacceptable road losses this season. I mean, at Atlanta, at the Raiders, at the Broncos, at the Steelers, at the Giants, and, and this, and they barely beat the Panthers. So the Packers struggle way more on the road than they do at home. And the Cowboys, as you mentioned, are were the best home team in the NFL this year. But I'm looking elsewhere because I, I can't bet on my team or against my team. I'm just going to stay away from that. And I'm looking at a prop here. Jaden Reed over 48.5 receiving yards, minus 115 at DraftKings. Uh, in the final three games of the season, Reed's lowest receiving yardage total was 52. And I don't think the books are respecting the fact enough that Jaden Reed is the number one receiver on the Packers mm-hmm. now. Okay, He's not a rookie anymore. Okay? He's, he's, he's now played in, in what, 16 games. I think he missed one. We're at the end of the season. He he knows the offense. He's he's ingratiated into the offense, and we typically see rookies like Jaden Reed that aren't really super high picks surge over the second half. It's exactly what we saw with Reed. Cowboys are touchdown favorites. We can recently project negative game script for the Packers. I think forty nine yards is a very low bar for Reed to cross. Yeah, and the pack and that Packers the Cowboys defense, like as good as they are, they're still definitely vulnerable for sure. Too. I mean, we saw them at home earlier season give up thirty five points to Seattle. They gave up 31 points on the road to Buffalo. That You could definitely score on this team as talented as they are on that side of the ball. Now, this is my favorite matchup of the weekend because it's a battle of two revenge games and the Lions' first home game in 30 years, and they're hosting their former franchise quarterback. The NFL script writers, like, like you got to tip your hat to them. Couldn't again. do That's better. Like yeah. As good of a matchup as it gets. Yeah, a round of applause to the script writers. Like, it doesn't get any better than this, especially in the first round of the playoffs, but... So this line, when it first opened at five, I was like really taken back. I thought that was just way too high. And usually I don't make my bets right away because I usually like need more time to process it, do some analysis rather than just like jump in the gun. But I hammered that as soon as I could and then dropped to four and a half. Happily take the four and a half though because now it's down to Lions only minus three. 
I even still like the Rams to cover as long as at a field goal or higher, just because these offenses, this is a battle of two of the best offenses in the playoffs and two bad defenses. I don't think the Lions defense is capable of shutting down this Rams offense to the point where it's not a close game. I would take the over, but what scares me is that it really hasn't budged from that key number of 51 and a half. And this is a game that you know the public's be hammering the over for right. too, considering these offenses, the quarterback matchup, the skill position guys in this game. But I'm, I'm definitely taking the Rams in this one. Wouldn't even mind a money line play either. But definitely a lot more playoff tested than this Lions team too. Very emotional game hosting this playoff game too. But at the same time, the Lions are playing really mad after getting that game robbed against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. And then they win this game and the Cowboys win. They're playing the Cowboys next round. You're looking forward to that matchup. But start with you, Cats, with your Cowboys. I'm sorry, with the Lions versus Rams. Where are you leaning with? This is my favorite game of the week. I'm so excited to watch this one. I think it could be the highest scoring game as it is projected to be. And the, the Goff-Stafford double revenge game narrative, I don't think we've ever seen that before. I mean, that's that's just fantastic stuff. I mean, again, great job by the NFL script writers. Uh, there are I don't have any official plays for this game at the moment, but there are a couple things that I like. I got a, I got a long shot sprinkle, as, as I've been one to do. Jameer Gibbs to have the most rushing yards during the wild card round of plus 2,500. I think that's a sneaky play. The, uh, the Rams, they, they were, they've been pretty good against the run, allowing just 4.1 yards per carry, 77 rushing yards per game. But, I mean, Gibbs is just so explosive, and, and he's capable of breaking up a big run at any time. It hasn't really been used in the past game. It's been used more on the ground. I think he can get 12 to 14 carries in this one, rip off a couple of big gains. There's a shot here. And then piggybacking off that, I've been taking Jameer Gibbs' longest rush over pretty much yep, the entire second that. half of the season. It is every week, it's just a shoot. Right? It's because it's like 12.5, 13.5, 14.5. And they just put it up now. Like I just saw it for the first time. It's at 18.5. That's high. But man, I still think it's going over. And that's like an unofficial one here, but I'm just always on board with Jameer Gibbs. On the other side of that, though, I think David Montgomery's longest rush under 13.5 is a nice play here. Montgomery not really been one for the explosive plays. He's really tailed off over the second half of the season. Hasn't really put up any big games. 10 carries for 40 yards against the Vikings last week. Uh, and then a couple weeks back, 17 carries, 55 yards against the Vikings as well. When he faces solid run defenses, you know, good, not great. He's he's not really, he's just not an explosive play guy. But I think Montgomery's longest rush under gives longest rush over. And maybe you parlay them together, get some negative game script or sorry, negative correlation there. That could be a nice little something if that's possible in SGP. I don't know if it is. I like that play with Gibbs to lead up, but just because if you look at these matchups or these top running backs this weekend, like Con Williams. Scoring against the Lions defense is really good at stopping the run. HN, negative game script, just not really working the other top running backs' favor. That 18.5, though, is really high for me. Like, I remember that number was at 12.5 yeah. a, a few weeks ago. That's crazy. But 12.5 was robbery. This is like really pushing it for me. I don't know if I'll be taking it, but I am a believer of just to keep riding a trend or a bet that keeps working for you until it doesn't, just because the moment that you stop and it hits, you just yeah. that's just worse feeling than losing on it, honestly. But uh, Kyle, what are you leaning towards in this game and this matchup? That's supposed to be a lot of points. Yeah, you're generally going to have a hard time putting those longest or shortest carries into a same game parlay, but you can you can parlay it with something else in a different game. You can get there. You can get exposure both directions here. I'm with Brian here. I'm going to take the points. I understand it's less now than it opened, but I'll still take it as long as it's a field goal or better. You're talking about the Lions in games against winning teams this season, their average point differential minus. 1.5 points per game. 
with the majority of those games have been decided by one possession. If you're telling me it's a one possession game, I'll take a field goal every time. Matthew Stafford, I trust him a little bit more than Jared Goff. He's been better indoors than out, much like Jared Goff. So we should get an exciting game. Give me the three points. Like Brian said, I don't mind the money line. You start talking a high scoring game like this, the points aren't that prohibitive. Three points a lot different in a 36 point total than a 51. No, totally agree with you there. And let's get the last game. My Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is like, I think the hardest game, honestly, to pick is when you look at it. First of all, I don't think there's been a team worse over the last four weeks than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yet they're still three-point favorites at Tampa Bay. And the total and the spread opened at one and a half. And it's gone up one and a half points since. And we had no news about the Eagles as players that are banged up right now. If they're going to be playing A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, even Jalen Hurts. We have no idea about their availability or just how close 100% they're going to be. And there's nobody, there's, I don't know anybody out there that wants to bet on the Eagles. I'm an Eagles fan. I had no interest in betting them. City of Philadelphia doesn't. <laughs> City of Philadelphia doesn't. They're the most, they're taking the reins from the Sixers as the most hated team in Philadelphia right now, which is a huge accomplishment. Round of applause to the Eagles for being the most hated, probably the worst 11 win team I think I've ever seen. It's pretty crazy when you look at their point differential. In Doug Peterson's first season, when they, won, when they only won seven games with a rookie Carson Wentz. That team had a better point differential than this Eagles team. Niche. Uh, and, the, and it was really the entire it was the entire second half really where it went downhill because because the Eagles' point differential was just fine halfway through the season. It was it was it was mm-hmm. that their victory over the Bills that they probably should the games they definitely should have lost. And after that, it was, that was that was just it. They they stopped winning games. Their only win was a was an eight point win over the Giants, and they almost they almost or Tyrants have almost forced overtime late in that game. They should have they blown them out that game though. A lot of fluky plays, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And even early in the season when they were winning, they weren't really dominating. They only won like a handful of games by more than one score. And one of those games against the Vikings, they got really like it hasn't looked right all season, which is kind of crazy. We look at the talent on both sides of the ball. I mean. We all know how tough it is after you lose a Super Bowl, lose two coordinators, but there's still no excuse for how poor this team has played. But it just is so surprising that they're still three-point favorites on the road when you've got to imagine that nobody wants to bet on them, as we just said, and we don't know about their health. So I'm going to pass on the spread in this game, but I do like their team total under. Kaz, you got something to say? No, no, continue. I just... Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take their team total under, though, just because we've seen this team really struggle against the Blitz, especially as of late. And the Buccaneers are Blitz at the third highest rate in the NFL. And Sirianni, I don't know if it's Sirianni not having any adjustment. Not only Jalen Hurts, they can't pick up line of scrimmage, but they just can't move the ball against the Blitz. And you have a quarterback with a banged-up finger and two banged-up wide receivers. I don't think they're going to go into this game trying to air it out against this Buccaneers pass defense, which isn't very strong. But I think they're going to struggle with all the blitzes top bowls are going to bring. I think they're going to try that same formula they did back in week three and just ride DeAndre Swift in this one and just really stick to their ground game. It was really effective back then. He had his best game of the season, I believe, or second best game of the season. He missed last week, which had an extra week of rest. I like the Eagles team total under here. And I already even played the game under, which I know is a fade of uh, what Kyle's bet is for this one. Yeah, I would go with the over here. So we might have a... A partner bet here where you're talking two teams that are top five in percentage of yards that come through the air. And if you're going to throw the ball, four things could happen. Short completion, incompletion, long completion, turnover. Three out of those four are working in my favor. I'll take my chances over 44 there. But if I have to make one single bet on this game, it wouldn't be the total. It would be Baker Mayfield 
over 234 and a half passing yards. You look at the Eagles defense, their attack through the air because that's where they're weakest. They have the fifth highest opponent pass rate over expectation. When Baker plays any team that's not bottom five in that set. Yeah, you don't need to be top five, just not bottom five. He's averaging over 293 passing yards per game. I think he could clear this number rather easily, and that could work in either game script. If they're behind, he's going to have to throw. If they're up, it's probably because he had success through the air. We both know that uh, Katz isn't a big white guy. Rashad White, I don't think he kills him on the ground, maybe through the passing game. That gets Baker there. Baker over 234.5 is my favorite play in this game. So their last matchup, a lot has changed since. I mean, this is week three, and now talking the first round of the playoffs. And the Eagles' pass rush was a lot better then than it is now. Definitely they've worn down over the course of the season, having that gauntlet schedule and a bunch of defensive line playing by far the most snaps of their career. But Baker struggled mightily in that one. He only averaged 5.8 yards per attempt and threw for 146 passing yards. But at the same time, Matt Patricia oh, wasn't the defensive coordinator then and having Hassan Reddick drop into coverage a lot of his snaps. <laughs> Cass, you seem eager to share your play for this one. I'm really curious to hear it. I think this is a situation of just do what the NFL is telling us. The NFL is telling us is that the Eagles are a just they're just a dead team. I'm sorry, Brian. I know you don't want to okay. hear it. I, I can admit but- it. You, you've, you've watched it play out over the better part of the past two months. And this this is just like, you remember last year, the Cowboys uh, went into Tampa and everyone knew like Brady was cooked, that the, the, the Bucks only made the playoffs because the division was just so bad. And like, it did not, sh- I bet the Cowboys that, that game, they're not shocked me at all. They just boat raced him. Like it, it was one of the least competitive playoff games of all time. And it wasn't a shock. It was what everyone expected to happen. And I feel like the expectation here is that the Eagles, just start going to, they lived into the playoffs. They had no business blowing this division. I mean, they were two games up on the Cowboys with the victory over the Cowboys and the tiebreaker. They just managed to, to just blow get bad game after bad game to blow the division. Now they're in the wild card. They're limping in and just they're, they're on the road against a Tampa Bay Bucks team who people just assumed were going to probably play the Cowboys in round one and lose again like they did last year. Now they get the Eagles who are just in a, in a much worse spot. And yeah, I just, I think the Bucks are winning this game. I'm taking them with the three points. And I'm actually feeling good about it. Yeah, my only argument against that is that it just seems too obvious. And when it's too obvious, it's always a little bit fishy. I will say one thing working the Eagles' favor here is that they're getting Darius Slay back, who they've missed horribly over these last few games. I don't know if Greg Dorch is cooking them like they did if they had him in the lineup. He's their only like serviceable cornerback at this point. He played really well in this matchup earlier in the season. I don't, there's not much I could say this defense though, but if there's anything that could help, it's return of Darius Slay. I'll, I'll say this no scenario will surprise me in this game. Like, Eagles get blown out, there. not surprising. If the Eagles just somehow turn on, turn on the switch and then look at the team from last year and blow out the Bucks, that would be the most surprising outcome. But besides that, there really is nothing that surprised me here. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me for previewing this wildcard slate. It's impossible that we go into the next podcast, all three of our teams still in the playoffs. But let's hope that uh, two of our teams at least are in it. So thank you guys for joining me and good luck to everybody with their bets this weekend.